Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are the Angels extend their big two-way star. The MLB playoffs are finally here. Who will be taking home this year's Commissioner's Trophy? The first quarter of the NFL season has come and gone. Who's hot and who's not? Wisconsin fires their head football coach. Where do the Badgers go from here? Only 16 unbeaten teams remain. Recapping last week's college football games and previewing week six biggest games. With that, I give you our chief of our fire brigade, Rob Cow. Thanks, Colton. Good to be here Thursday night in Delaware, Matt's basement, live in the studio again. Hey, uh, like Colton said, um, some, you know, it's getting exciting in uh, Major League Baseball finally uh, after, you know, a, a long season. Obviously, 162 games um, just seems like it really drags out. But now October is when it gets when it gets interesting. The second season, I guess. Um, before we get into our playoff talk, though, like Colton said, Otani got uh, a, a one year extension. Mm-hmm. Um, Kind of, I don't know. I guess I have mixed feelings about a one-year deal, uh, one-year thirty million, um, and he was. That's the highest ever that a player that is eligible for arbitration has received. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's not worth it. I'm just, I'm just, I don't know. I, I have trouble with these one-year deals. Give me your guys' thoughts. Yeah, it makes makes it tough. You know, if you're an Angels, you know, Angels front office or you know whatever. I mean, you're 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 somewhat, uh, you know. Uh, it's kind of a double-edged sword, you know, if you don't, you know, don't shell out the money, then, you know, he's, he walks, for he nothing. walks for nothing and whatever. And it, you, you, you somewhat have to pay the guy, you know, we'll, we'll go into that a little bit more here, here in a little bit, but cause I mean, the guy has been nothing but amazing on both sides right. of, of, you know, the, the plate or whatever for, uh, you know, for the angels. Um, but, uh, yeah, big, big deal, you know, big contract for him and, um, it's actually, you know, 30 million, all of it fully guaranteed as well. So yeah, that, you know, right. adds, adds to the complexity or adds to it. The fact that, you know, it's, it's, you know, a $30 million deal for one year and it's all of it's going to him, you know, no matter what happens, you know, next year. And at the end of the day, next year, he can still walk away from the angels and, you know, he's $30 million richer. So yeah, it's definitely, a, you know, an interesting situation that baseball has, you know, with that, you know, kind of arbitration rule that they that they have it in, in baseball. So we'll see, see what happens or how it, how it works out. But uh, yeah, put, puts the angels in a, in a tough spot, but you know, they need, need a guy like this. I mean, they, they, uh, you know, this after, you know, last night they, you know, finished again below 500. It's their well seventh, below. seventh straight year that they've been below, below 500. I just so. think without his star power and as good as he's played, where would they really be? <laughs> they, they may be the worst be the team in baseball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he went 15 and nine. Um, on the plate uh, with a 2.34 ER, ERA and 11.9 strikeouts to walk ratio, mm-hmm. um, and then and then you know hitting 276 average, 359 on base, 34 home runs, 94 RBIs. I mean, yeah, I mean wow. this guy's you know and he's, nothing he's, short of amazing. He's coming off the you know 2021 as the MVP, uh, and I think the only reason he, uh, I mean. Uh, to me, he's an obvious pick again this year. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody else does as much for their team. Yeah, on I mean, all. yeah there's no, there's no other nobody really player. to compare yeah. it to. Right. I mean, um, it's it's tough to. I guess going back to like the thirty million dollar deal. Now that makes he that makes the third guy on the team now that's making thirty million dollars in a year. You know, Trout and Anthony Rendon. Um, and for those results, that's that's a lot of money. I know. To get that's, no what I, that's what I'm saying. You know, you got 
you got three guys making a hundred million and, and your record was 73 and 89, mm-hmm. I, you know, something's going on there. I right. And, and it's been somewhat the same core. I mean, Trout, Otani, you know, has only been there a short amount of time, but you know, a lot of these guys, you know, like that they're paying, you know, this high amount. I mean, like I said, seventh consecutive year that they've had a losing record. And, you know, some of these guys, and I, and I'm not saying those guys are producing because Trout is another, you know, great player, a yeah. great player for the angels. It's just, Everybody around, they, they can't seem to get, you know, enough of a, you know, a team around them to put it, put it all together. So, you know, I expect the Angels to yeah make some, make some headway or, you know, make some, some major changes, you know, in the offseason. Right. Well, I read something too, that it makes it easier if they do, you know, if they're, you know, in the basement again next year and they decide the yard sale, it makes, you know, a team just comes in and pays the rest of the salary right. and he's gone. So, mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's kind of what I look for. If the angels aren't competitive, come at all or the all-star break and the trade deadline, I, I do look for Otani to be moved at that point. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not going to let him walk away for nothing. Mm-hmm. He wants to win. He won't, and he doesn't go back to arbitration. So right. it's, it's now or never for the angels. Mm-hmm. If, if they don't right. produce, he's gone. I'm sure you know, they let him go. They probably look at moving Trout too, and they just blow this whole thing up at that point. Right? Yeah. yeah. Start start fresh again. So yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Yeah, to, to you know think about you know the Angels and and you know some of the players and talent that they've had on that team and just have not been able to you know piece it all together and put it all together to you know one you know start for starters just have a winning record and you know two to make the playoffs. So, um, but yeah, I think the uh, Angels fans there are, are going to get get a little bit more impatient, you know, as, you know, as things, and, you know, like, like you said, Matt, if it gets, takes a turn for the worst again next year, I, yeah, I expect them to, you know, somewhat yard sale and, and start, you know, start fresh and, you know, get, get some young talent or some draft picks to kind of build that team back up. So. All right. Well, on to the playoffs. Um, And I'll kind of go, I just wrote, wrote them down in order is that are playing tomorrow, the first game tomorrow on ESPN. Uh, so first pitch is set for 1207 and that's Tampa. Tampa Bay Rays coming into the Cleveland Guardians. Um, that, like I said, twelve oh seven. Um, that you know, obviously, I'm I'm a Guardians fan, um, but uh, this is an interesting matchup. Um, you know, Cleveland's probably been one of the hottest teams in baseball the second here. half of the year. Yeah, and, and especially in the last three to four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Tampa kind of limped their way in, lost five in a row uh you know but two and eight in their last 10 yeah yeah it's just it's but it's a whole new season but vegas has got this pretty close they got cleveland at minus 120 um and they're both sending you know it's the battle of the shanes on the mound shane mcclenahan against shane bieber uh real similar in their stats as well 12 and 8 versus 13 and 8 254 era versus a 288 both in the mid 190s and strikeouts and uh both of them below 40 and walk. So, um, you know, this is, this is going to be a good matchup, but I, I think I like, I like Cleveland's chances. Um, Ramirez is getting hot at the plate at a, at the right time. Uh, their pitching looks good and they just got a lot of young players that have come together and they're playing really, really solid baseball right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to, to kind of back up that or whatever uh, for the, for the wild card, you know, matchups, all these wild card matchups that we're going to you know, kind of talk about here. Uh, it's best of best of three mm-hmm. um, and home team has all, all three home games or whatever. So all, all you know, no travel involved and they're all back to back to back right, you know, three it, games in a row. Um, if, if game three is necessary. Um, so should be, should be interesting. It's yeah, it's going to be 
everybody's ace and you know it's kind of going to be everybody's one two punch you know yeah. for, for the pitching rotations um you know some some teams have that one two punch some of them they have a one but you know flip-flop you know yeah, on the two struggle. or whatever so um but yeah i think uh, th- this one could be could be interesting um Guardians actually went four and two against the Rays in the in the regular season. Um, Just finished up a three game set less than a week ago where they beat them. You know, took a two, two one, out of, two to two to three, two out of the three there. Yeah. So um, yeah. could be an interesting, but yeah, I think the difference for me in this one is going to be the, the Guardians bullpen. Um, I don't I don't think you can say enough about you know this this bullpen that it's one of the best in baseball, and I think that's what comes into play. You know, come come this time, um, yeah. you know, because. You're only going to have your starters, you know, go for so long or, you know, you're not trying to, you know, have your starters go eight innings or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. You're just trying to get some solid innings, you know, five, six, six innings on them and, and then turn it over to your, you know, plethora of, of bullpen, you know, guys. Um, and I think, you know, Cleveland's got some some best of the business, you know, right now. And, uh, you know, that's that's the player, you know, Emmanuel Classe, probably the best closer in baseball right now, only a 1.36 ERA. 42 saves, which mm-hmm. actually leads the majors in, in saves, um, 77 strikeouts and, you know, 72 innings pitch. So that bullpen is, you know, bolstered by, by him or led by him. So I, I expect the guardians to get, get a win. I think, I think they win two, two, nothing, two oh, Oh, in nice. this one. <clears throat> sweeping it, sweeping them out of there. Yeah. I agree with both of you. Like you said, Cleveland took the regular season four games to two and, and playoffs time. It's all about who's hot. Like you said, the guardians are about as hot as anybody coming at seven, three in their last 10 while Tampa Bay limped their way in. I, I think Cleveland takes this one. I think, it, you know, it's playoff time. I think Tampa Bay gets at least one. I think goes all three games, but I think Cleveland takes it. The only thing I will say about Tampa Bay is, uh, you know, it's a close. You know, like I said, uh, Vegas has got it. Cleveland at minus one twenty, so it's it's going to be close. But Tampa Bay is thirty eight and twenty against the spread when they're the underdog. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. You know, they kind of relish in that role. But I look for I look for it to be an exciting series. Should be fun to watch, and uh, you know. All I can say is go Cleveland. <laughs> All right. The second game tomorrow, uh, it's on ABC. I think it starts at 2 or 2.05 maybe. You got the you got the Phillies going into St. Louis. Uh, and a, Vegas has this at dead even. Uh, St. Louis coming in at 93 and 69. The Phillies at 87 and 75. So I'm a little surprised. Uh, but um, I think one is one thing that helps the Phillies in this first round matchup is their ace Zach Wheeler coming in at 12 and seven at 282 ERA. Mm-hmm. And they're happy that they're playing St. Louis instead of the Mets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the way that worked out, we'll talk about the Mets here in a little bit, but uh, they weren't went four and three against St. Louis, but they were five and 14 against the Mets this year. Mm-hmm. And their, their one, two punch of Zeeler and Nola were Oh, and seven mm-hmm. against the Mets this year. Mm-hmm. So, and as far as I could see, like up until uh, mid-afternoon, St. Louis had still not named their starting pitcher. Um, yeah. So I suspect it's going to be Jose Quintana from everything I read. But yeah. um, he's only 6-7, and seven, but he, he not, obviously not getting a lot of run support because he's got a good ERA at 2.93. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's that's the only – I couldn't find it. That, now, maybe they, it, maybe it's changed since, since uh, the last time I looked at it, but they were still uh, – still hadn't named their starter for tomorrow's game. Yeah, yeah. Looking at the series, I think it's definitely, it's an interesting series. Philadelphia won the regular season series, four games to three. So, you know, basically a split there. Both teams are limping into the playoffs. They both have went four or six in their last 10. Mm. 
I, I, just, I feel like the cards have that little extra bit of motivation. Pujols has said this is his last season. They, they, song, they, yeah. they don't want to send him out, you know, a loser in the first round. Mm-hmm. I, I think because the series is so close, I think that little bit of extra motivation for sending Pujols out the right way. St. Louis is going to get it done, at least take one series in this playoffs. Yeah, yeah. No, this is, uh, you know, kind of kind of new territory for the Phillies. They're making their first playoff appearance since 2011. So, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of those players that, that you know, were on that 2011 team obviously are, are no longer there, you know, mm-hmm. no longer with the team. But, uh, you know, Matt mentioned it last week. It, it's it's amazing that the Phillies are even where mm-hmm. they're at, you yeah. know, that they made the playoffs. Yeah. Um, you know, if you listen to one of our, you know, earlier episodes, we talked about, you know, the Phillies firing, you know, their, their manager in, in Joe Madden, or not mm-hmm. Joe Madden, but uh, the guy from the Yankees. Um uh, uh, drawing a blank yeah. now, but yeah, they, they you know fired Mattingly. him. Yeah, no, not Mattingly. Yeah. No. Uh, Joe Girardi. <laughs> Girardi. Joe Girardi. Yeah, Joe it. Girardi. I knew it took a minute, <laughs> but uh, you know they fired him. You know, pretty early on. You know, probably twenty or forty games into the season, and you know you never know what that's going to do. But it, it worked out for the Phillies. I mean, and then on top of that, they had their star, you know, star player and Bryce Harper go down with with an injury. I mean, yeah. he was somewhat able to kind of muddle his way through that, or you know, still still be a, you know, a hitter, but not, you know, play the outfield, be more, you know, DH and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it's amazing. The Phillies are, are even here, but uh, you know, the one thing that, you know, we'll point out, you know, like you said, Zach Wheeler is going to get, you know, get the start for him in, in game one. And uh, you know, in, in the two games against the Cardinals that he started two 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 and oh, zero point zero zero ERA wow. in those two outings. Don't as get well. much better now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're looking to at least, maybe get, get this game one and, you know, have a little bit of momentum for, for them. But, you know, I, I, I have to agree with Matt. I think uh, Cardinals, Cardinals get it done, but yeah, I think this one goes, goes the distance, but uh, Cardinals, Cardinals come out on top. I agree. I think I agree with Matt as well. I like the, I like the uh, energy that just being Pujol swan song gives them going in. So, all right. The third game tomorrow, it's on ESPN at uh, 407 start time. Uh, you got Seattle going into Toronto. Um, you know this. This is a. This is going to be an interesting series. Um, I don't know. They. You know, partway through the season, Seattle fired their manager. Um, they because they they lost four in a row to Toronto, and right mm-hmm. after that series, they they fought. They fired their their manager, and at that point, they were forty five and forty two. So I think maybe people kind of question. You know, you got a winning record. You're firing your manager, but. They hired John Schneider, not the Schneider from uh, the Duke boys, a different John <laughs> Schneider. But but since he took over, they went forty five and twenty seven uh, after that. So mm, yeah, um, you know, obviously it was the right move for them. And I think the starter looks like Luis Castillo uh, for the Mariners against Alec Manoa mm-hmm. at sixteen and seven. He's been their ace all season. Sixteen and seven, two point two four ERA. Uh, went four and one against Seattle this year. Um, I I like Toronto's chances. I I think they get this first game. I think it goes all three, but I like Toronto. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know, Blue Jays actually went two and five against the Mariners in the you know in the regular season. This you know um, in this one and um, but uh, the Mariners only went one and two when they had to go on the road. You know in yeah. that in that series, so they got majority of their wins at home. And you know just kind of looking at the stats. They are more of a hometown, you know, kind of crowd. Their record reflects that. Their stats reflect that. So it's going to be tough to go, you know, go on the road and, and, and win in win in Toronto, um, you know. But, you know, it, hats off to the Mariners. They're making their first playoff appearance in, in 21 years. So, you know, another 
big playoff drought that they're, you know, overcoming. But, uh, you know, I just think that the Blue Jays just have too much firepower. They got too much offense. They got, you know, Vlad, Vlad Guerrero Jr., mm-hmm. Bo Bichette, and, and Matt Chapman, all three guys that can get hot and give you give you offense and, you know, put it put it out of the park. I just think that that's going to be a lot for the, for the Mariners to overcome. I do like this one, though, to possibly, you know, to go the distance, but I like the Blue Jays to come out on top. Yeah, I'm, I'm going the opposite way here. Like I said, Seattle took the regular season series five games to two. Both these teams come in at seven and three in their last ten games. You know, playoff baseball, it's all about pitching, and I think Seattle's staff is slightly better than Toronto. I think that, that gives them the slight edge here. I think Seattle takes it in three-game series. All, all right. right, very good. Last game of the day tomorrow, uh, the San Diego Padres at the New York Mets. Um, you know, coming all the way across the across the United States there to play the Mets, who you know you got to they won 101 games and they're still a wild card team, you know, in that in that <laughs> and, very, and how lucky the Padres are, you know, they they claw their way into the playoffs and your reward is you get to face you know yeah. a hundred win team right, in the first right, round. Right. So, but New York was swept by the Braves, so they're kind of you know and lost that top spot, so mm-hmm. they're coming in kind of reeling just a little bit, I think. Um, they're, and they're and they're two and four against San Diego this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you got Darvish on the mound for the Padres, sixteen and eight, but he's five and zero oh against the Mets this mm-hmm. year. Wow, so, wow, impressive. Yeah. Or I mean, his career. I'm sorry, yeah. five zero oh in, in his career. But you know, the Mets are throwing their ace and Max Scherzer out here to start start their thing. And this is the biggest spread. Vegas has given the Mets uh, uh, minus one fifty five. So mm-hmm. this is the biggest, at least this first game. Um, I think probably being on the road, coming all the way across mm-hmm. across the United States, but uh, I like the Mets. I like the Mets um, in this series, in this first game, and in the series. And I would, I would probably think this is going to be a sweep. Yeah, yeah, I gotta gotta agree with that. I think that they have that one-two punch, you know, with the with the pitchers there and Max Scherzer and, and Jacob Degrom. I mean, can't you know Scherzer? It almost seems like. He pitches well in the regular season, but then it's just like a, a whole new level when it gets to the playoffs. Um, the, the guy is, you know, almost 40 years old and still, you know, pitching like he's 20. Um, but, you know, the, the stat that jumps out to me, you know, with, with the two starting pitchers, you know, Scherzer, 2.29 ERA, you know, 173 strikeouts in only 145 innings pitched. I mean, if you remember right, he was injured, you know, earlier in the, in the season, uh-huh. came back and, you know, has picked up where he left off. But, you look at Darvish, on the other hand, 3.1 ERA, 197 strikeouts, but almost 200 innings pitched. I just think that's a lot of More innings. I, mean, the body, yeah. I feel like they, they're counting on Darvish to have to go go deep. And so, he's, And he's like 36. It's right. not like he's a spring chicken And either. so, you know, my, my thinking is, yeah, if, if the Mets can get, get to Darvish early, you know, that puts the Padres in, in a real tough, tough situation, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, that that the Mets, you know, just got the better starting pitching, in my opinion. I, I think that, you know, I have to agree with that. I think that they, they sweep this one. They, they go 2-0 and move on to the next round. Yeah, I actually agree with both of you. I think the Mets take this series. And as good as you, Darvish, has been throughout his career, the playoffs have kind of been his Achilles heel. He, he never seems to show up quite as good in the playoffs as he does in the regular season. Always seems to struggle. I don't know if he just gets a case of the yips when it gets to the playoffs or what it is, but yeah. you know, he's just not that's not when he's at his best. And when he's going up against a guy like Max Serzer, I think the Mets will take game one and I think that just sets the tone for them to sweep this series. All right, very good. All right, well, we're gonna take a real quick commercial break. Uh stick with us. Don't 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 tune out. We'll be right back. 
This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. And we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, we're back in here. We're going to talk about some NFL news now. We're a quarter of the way into this into this season, and uh, we're just going to kind of go over who we, we think is hot and who's not. Um, Colton, I'll let you get started. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think we'll, we'll start it off, you know, the category, we kind of broke it down to some categories of kind of who we thought might be our favorites to kind of win the Super Bowl and, you know, MVP. And then, like Dad said, maybe most surprising team or most hot team or player right now. And then, you know, maybe most disappointing team or not not so hot team or player right now. So I guess we'll start it off here. You know, my, my favorite right now, I think, uh, for Super Bowl, and that, that that's the Buffalo Bills. They've been oh so close, you know, here the last couple of years. And, um, you know, had a, had a real good shot at, at making it, making it last, you know, making it last year, you know, continuing their run last year, but, you know, came up a little bit short there in, in overtime, but they just look like a team, you know, on a, on a mission here. And, uh, you know, they're, they're coming out averaging uh, almost 30 points a game, which is, you know, good for fifth in the, in the NFL. And the defense has only given up 14 and a half points, which is surprisingly only second in the, in the NFL, but, uh, they're only giving up. They're giving up less than a thousand total yards so far through the first first four games. And, and for me, the the difference um, is that on that offensive side, they're almost converting on sixty percent of their third downs, wow. uh, which is good for first, you know, first in the NFL. So I think they're keeping the offense on the you know on the field, keeping drives going, you know, sustaining drives, wearing out the the opposing team's defense. I mean, they already got three three wins over uh, you know what we would call probably the contenders or, you know, um, contenders from last year um, in the Rams. I mean, Super Bowl champs, they, right, they right. took care of them with no problem. Uh, same with the Titans uh, and and the same with the, with the Ravens. So, you know, three teams that, you know, kind of came into the season is, you well, know, the Ravens wasn't no problem. That was a, that was a game down to the wire. Right. Right. A heck of a football game. Yeah. yeah um, but they, you know, took care of business, got yeah. the, got the W and, you know, they're, they're sitting Actually, surprisingly, tied for you know tied for first right now in their in their division. Um, the Dolphins they're you know tied with them, but I just think the Bills you know they look like a you know a team on a mission and and you know going to look like a you know and I I a team that's going to contend even in the in the playoffs. So yeah, I'm right there with you. I fully agree. I, I have the Bills going to the Super Bowl. I have them playing the 49ers. The NFC is really tough to pick mm, this year, though. Yeah, There's no team that's really like standing it, out, ab- out above, yeah. above yeah, everybody. Right. But I, just, I just feel like the 49ers have the offense, the defense. They've got all the pieces to be a Super Bowl contending all team. Right. I know they've had the quarterback trouble, but I think Jimmy G being back in the saddle now and, and the starter for the rest enough. of the year. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think he, he he's one of those quarterbacks that doesn't do anything spectacular, but right. he doesn't Does. kill you either. Right. He just right. gets it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Why? Before I went to the like who I think the teams are they're hot or not, I kind of looked at like the overall like AFC East is surprising me right now. 
I mean, you expected Buffalo to be playing well, but you got both them and Miami sitting up top at three and one and the Jets at two and two. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so I think the AFC East is real competitive. Uh, unfortunately, you know, I, you know, obviously there's only going to be one winner come out of there. But and then the, the, the division, I think, that looks the worst is AFC North. Mm. I mean, even though Cleveland, Cincinnati and Baltimore are all at two and two none of those teams have just, they just have not looked good. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, even Baltimore, you know, for, for, you know, that coming in that, you know, Lamar Jackson was, you know, kind of the preseason MVP pick, you know, he hasn't played great. Uh, And then you got Pittsburgh at at one and three. I don't know that AFC North just looks, just looks weak to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But team wise, I like the Eagles, obviously four and one, Um, you know, I, I get it for the teams they beat. Um, Jacksonville, the Commanders, and Detroit have a combined record of four and eight, mm. but they did get a quality win over the Vikings. Mm-hmm. You know, a team that's that's sitting at three and one. Um, I, I really like the way the Eagles are playing. Uh, you know, Jalen Hurts is his stats aren't spectacular, but they're getting W's. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, and that defense and actually the the only undefeated team left in, in yeah. the NFL yeah. at the yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. My and my not hot team, and no surprise here, but the commanders, um, mm. you know, poor Carson Wentz. He's been sacked 17 freaking times already this season, man. Mm-hmm. You're, I, he's not going to make it. Right. You can't, you can't, uh, sustain you can't, that. No. It's, and it, you know, it's, he's been in the league a while. It's not like he's this young guy either. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, but on the heels of that, I'm, I'm Colton talked about the LA Rams a little bit. Mm-hmm. Stafford must think he's back in Detroit. He's been sacked 16 times yep. this year. Yeah. These 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 offensive lines are just giving up, just letting their quarterbacks getting punished um, repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and we'll see we'll see if we'll see if they hold up. Yeah, and really speaking of Stafford, since we're talking about not hot players, I actually went with Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. You know, through four games, he's only thrown for a thousand fifteen yards and four touchdowns. He's got six interceptions. Yeah. He is not playing up to his Super mm-hmm. Bowl status. You know, if you want to go for a hot player right now. I chose the Dallas Cowboys backup quarterback, Cooper Rush. <laughs> yeah. Tell you what, man, nobody thought the Cowboys would win a game when he had to come in and win. He's done nothing but win. He's gone yeah. 3-0. He's completed 60% of his passes. He's thrown for 737 yards, four touchdowns, and most importantly, no interceptions. Mm, yep. He was my pick as well, Matt, yep. and I'll throw another stat <laughs> at you. His QB rating at 73.9 mm. is fourth highest in the NFL. Yeah. All right, all right. So, yeah, yeah he, he was he was my hot player too. <laughs> yeah, probably the, the hottest. We'll probably be... Dallas probably going to have a decision to make uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll coming see. up. Coming a couple weeks or, you know, whatever, whatever it I looks think, like. I think he's slated to start again this week, but then I think yeah. – uh, uh, Dak's supposed to be back the following week. So, yeah. so we'll see what we'll happens. See what happens. Um, yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, I, I, you know, to kind of piggyback off of, you know, most disappointing team for me, it's the, it's the LA Rams. You know, yeah. I know they're two and two, which is, you know, technically tied for first in their division, but everybody is two and two in that division. Um, but I, I just think, you know, like you said, Matthew Stafford is just not, not playing well, you know, and, and I think it's on both sides of the ball, not just the offense, the defense is not, you know, not as good as it was yeah, last year. And that, that surprises me too. I mean, they lost, obviously they lost Von Miller, but you know, I, I didn't expect it to have as big of an impact right. that it, that it's they having, Aaron you know, Donald in there. yeah, you know, they still have some solid guys in, in Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, uh, you know, just, just a lot of, you know, solid pieces there. And I think you can look at it and you can say the defense is, you know, the offense has given up too many sacks, but the defense is not getting any sacks. Right. I mean, through four games, they only have seven sacks, mm. which is 
towards the bottom half, you know, bottom third or, you know, bottom fourth of the, of the league. Um, and last year they had 50 sacks, which was good for third in the NFL. So they're, they're going to have to pick it up. But, uh, you know, like dad said, Stafford's already been sacked 16 times, which is second, second most in the NFL, only behind the the commanders and and Carson Wentz there. But, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, like you said, Matt Stafford's not, you know, not playing well. His, his completion percentage is up from last, you know, last year, but his average yards per play Mm -hmm. is down. You know, last year he had, almost a little over eight yards per play this, this year, it's a little under, you know, almost like six yards yeah. per play. So you just it's not getting the ball down the field or, you know, not mm-hmm. making those, those big plays, um, you know, and once again, is it, you know, two players that they lost Odell Beckham and, and, you know, Von Miller, I guess had bigger impacts than what, you know, what I, what I thought sure, or, you right. know, what not. Yeah. So those, those two guys, you know, Von Miller, obviously with the sacks on the defense and, you know, Odell Beckham being able to have the deep ball and, you know, stretch the field, Having a little bit of a you know bigger impact than, than what I thought. Yeah, I'm gonna one up you though on the not hot team right now. I went with the Las Vegas Raiders. Mm. Going one and three to start the year. Mm. You know, they had a lot of big free agent signings in the offseason. People thought this team was mm-hmm. a Super Bowl contender, mm-hmm. possibly win it all this year. Yeah. And they're just they're not playing like it. Yeah. The offense isn't gelling, the defense really isn't doing much of anything all either. Right. It it's kind of a dumpster fire there right now. I I'm not sure they're going to be able to turn it around. Right. Yeah. yeah does Devontae Adams regret leaving Green Bay? Yeah. I don't know. It seems like, you know, Green Bay needs him back because yeah. they, you know, still are trying to figure out right. who their, you know, top receiver is going to be. But and yeah, they're, they're winning games, but not the way they used to. Yeah. Their, their offense does not look, you know, as prolific as it has in, in years, sure. in years past. Um, and, you know, Devontae Adams, yeah. I think it's almost would be a match made in heaven if they could, yeah, find a way to get back to each yeah. other because. Yeah. I think Devontae Adams might be might be happier, you know, catching balls from from Aaron Rodgers. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, and on the flip side, I think you know Aaron Rodgers would be happy to have you know his star receiver right. back to help you know pick up the offense a little bit. But uh, you know, we we talk about you know talk about surprises, and for me, my my surprising team is it, it is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are also two and two, and and currently sitting at, on the top of the AFC South. Um, <laughs> it's a team that went three and fourteen last year. Um, so they're almost, you know, eclipsing that what they, you know, their total games that they won last year. Um, obviously, they missed the playoffs and were the number one pick. But I think it, you have to look at it and you say it's the offenses. Both sides, once again, or both sides of the ball are, are, you know, finding ways to improve. Last year, they only scored a measly 15 points a game, which obviously was dead last in the NFL. They've almost doubled that total so far wow. through through four Man. games. They're they're they got a little over 26 points a game, which is good for sixth in the NFL. And then on the flip side, they were giving up almost 30 points a game, which was towards the bottom, you know, bottom quarter there of the NFL. This year, only giving up 17 points a game, which is uh, good for fourth in the NFL. And I think you also have to talk about just the improvement that, that Trevor Lawrence has made in his mm-hmm. second year, um, yes, you know, in the, in the league. Um, completion percentage is up. His, uh, you know, passing touchdowns, you know, looking like he's going to eclipse that mark uh, easily. He's already got eight touchdowns, passing touchdowns, only had 12 last year. Um, and, and also the turnovers. Had 17 interceptions last year. So far through four games, only has only has two picks. So I think that's that's the difference there. The, the you know, Trevor Lawrence taking care of the ball, seeing the field a lot better, getting it to his playmakers and, you know, scoring scoring some points. So we'll see what the, what the Jaguars can do. Uh, that division that they're in is, you know, kind of up and down. So, you know, I think anything, anything is, is possible there. Right. Well, Matt already took my hot player. I, <laughs> I concur with Cooper rush. So I'll give you my not top or my not hot player. And that's Cincinnati's Joe Mixon. 
Mm. Man, the dude is struggling. You know, he's averaging for his career over four yards every time he got the ball. Uh, this year, 2.7 yards per carry and only one touchdown. Mm. So, mm. you know, you can't put it all on him. You know, obviously the offensive line's got to help him out. And that's been an issue for Cincinnati going for not only for him, but trying to protect Joe Burrow as well. But, uh, yeah, he's my he's my not not hot player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, for me, you know, a hot hot player, you know, maybe my early MVP candidate, you know, and that that's the quarterback from from the Baltimore Ravens and in, in Lamar Jackson. Uh, they, you know, the record probably doesn't show it. You know, the Ravens are only two and two, but uh, you know, the offense is averaging almost thirty points a game. Um, he's he's got you know eleven passing touchdowns. You know, I think the big knock on him coming out of college was. He'll never be a passing quarterback. He'll never, you know, he'll just be a runner. He'll be, you know, he'll never be a true QB. Well, he's got 11 passing, 11 passing touchdowns, which is tied for, for the lead right now in the NFL and has a 105.1 QB rating, which is tied for, or is currently fourth in the NFL. And on top of that, you know, to add to it, he's got 316 rushing yards, which is good for ninth among all NFL players, not just QBs, not, you know, all players. So wow. he, he's, he's doing it all. Um, you know, I, I don't know if that will hold up. I mean, it's, it's always, you know, always a risk that you run with, with him um, that, you know, can he, can he keep himself healthy and, and whatnot? And I think history is a little bit on his side. If he can keep, keep going, keep the stats going and, and, you know, get the Bravens to a decent record. QB has won the MVP 14 of the past 15 seasons. So, and he already has one under his belt. So mm-hmm. we'll see if he can keep it, keep it up, but that's, you know, he, he's bet on himself. You know, they didn't reach a contract extension, you know, didn't get it, didn't get a new deal done. Um, he actually, it's, it's crazy to think, but he actually represents himself. He has mm-hmm. no agent. He represents himself. Um, so took a major, you know, bet on himself this year um, to, to, you know, play well and, and get, get a big deal or prove to the Ravens that he deserves a big deal. And so far through four games, he's, he's showing that. Yeah. All right. Very good. Well, I think that's about it for the NFL, so we're going to move on to college football. Before we get into our recap of last last week and um, our uh, picks for this week, Wisconsin fired their, fired their coach this week. Uh, Paul Christ is out. Um, cost them $11 million to get rid of him. Um, he's two and three. I think the killer, like we talked about before the show, they – they uh, lost 34 to 10 against Illinois this week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they came in a, a top 15 team preseason and, and they're just not living up to it. They gave him a, gave him a chance to make changes in the off season. And he did evidently he made the wrong changes because mm-hmm. they are not, not the team that they were. Hey, you know, the, the changes he made was making it so he wasn't the offensive play caller. It was, that's kind of what they wanted him to do. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he, yeah, maybe, maybe he should have kept being yeah. the offensive play caller because yeah, they're going nowhere on offense this mm-hmm. year. It's, it's it's been a terrible looking team. But you know, I I still don't know that he deserved to be let go. His teams at Wisconsin have gone sixty seven and twenty six. They've won three Big Ten West titles. They've gone seven and two in bowl games in the time he's been there. Uh, he's never finished less than third in the West. Uh, but the the one downfall with him is his teams every year except for one has had three or more losses. Mm-hmm. So even though he's always finished up there in the West, I guess they're never really truly a national championship contender. Right. And and maybe that's what it is. But I'm not sure anybody in Wisconsin can be a national championship contender. It's just not 
it doesn't recruit itself. You're out there in the middle of nowhere. It's mm. not it's not easy to get recruits to come there. Mm-hmm. So you, you got to work with what you got. Yeah. And I, I think they, they do a good job there doing that. I, I don't know that it was the right time to let him go. Yeah, always produce running backs and offensive linemen. That's yeah. for sure. It seems yeah. like they always yeah. got you know good offensive linemen and good running backs. But uh, you know, in today's you know day and age of you know high prolific offense, that just you know it's not flashy. It's not you know not not what people want to see. And it's not winning games right and, now. And, and it's always tough for Wisconsin because if they get behind in games, yeah. they they there's they just can't they don't find a way to win because they're not built for coming back. Right. You know, so it. it it's tough, you know, when your offense is built built around that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Chris finishes with a record of you know sixty seven and twenty six in, in seven plus years, um, which you know I think most programs would say, man, that's pretty pretty darn good. I wish we had that, or you know, mm-hmm. wish we you know had that in the last seven years. But I, I think it's a business, you know, college football and you know sports in general is not what what have you you done for me but what are you doing for me now and and you know Wisconsin over the last couple of years has just been you know kind of just mediocre have not you know have not competed for that Big 10 West title here the last you know couple of seasons and so i think I, last game last year they're only a game away had they beat uh, Minnesota they would have been playing for the title last year yeah i just saying it's uh, you know it, yeah. you win 3 of them you got to keep that you know keep right. that success going you know and and i just think you know Wisconsin like i said they they you know in today's college football world, it's we got to be you know winning you know consistently or you know on that on that side. So, um, and I think at the same time, it's you know they, they're winning the Big Ten West, but they can't beat the big teams on right. the other side. They can't beat the Michigan States or beat the you know Ohio States or Michigans at the same time. So, you know that I guess that maybe taints it a little bit that you know those teams on the other side you know are still you know kicking our butt or whatever. And cannot, you know, find a way to, to beat those teams. So mm-hmm. it, uh, you know, just you know, one of those things at Wisconsin, it, it was time for for a change. And you know, Jim Leonard, the defensive coordinator, is going to be going to be taking over for at him. least on an interim basis. Yeah, on an interim basis, and maybe full time basis. You know, I, I, I think does. Yeah. he's been impressive. You know, I, I've been impressed with him since he's been at Wisconsin. Um, you know, as the defensive coordinator, I love them as an NFL player. I mean, played for played for my New York Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, just a solid kind of grind it out kind of guy mm-hmm. that, you know, just gives you, you know, everything he's got. And so I think, yeah, if he can, you know, possibly turn this around, I think he's got a real good shot at, at, at potentially, yeah. you know, taking over as the full-time coach. Yeah, his first head coaching job, obviously, mm-hmm. um, 39 years old. And, you know, he, he gets the gets the luxury of going in to play Northwestern. He's only one and four in his first game. So mm-hmm. hopefully it'll be a a win for him and he can get started off on the right foot. Right. So if uh, Leonard doesn't take this job, I, I've got a short list of guys that are, that are out there as candidates right now. I don't know if you guys had anybody as well, but mm-hmm. you know, right now I'm seeing uh, Matt Campbell, the head coach at Iowa state's been talked about mm-hmm. real interesting one he's here. A, he's mentioned for, yeah, every for everybody. Job, yeah, he really is. And he's, he's never left. So I don't know that he ever will, right. yeah. but you know, here's the interesting one to me. And I thought could be a great fit. It's a uh, Lance Leopold. He's the head mm-hmm. coach right now at Kansas. He's got them undefeated, mm-hmm. but, uh, his big connection to Wisconsin, he won six D3 championships at Wisconsin Whitewater. Mm, so mm-hmm. he, he knows the recruit to territory. He knows yeah. the area. Right. I, you know, people know he's a winner. Mm-hmm. I, I think that could be a good fit there. Right. And then I got a couple of wild card picks. Uh, one, first one I got is old Brett Biema, who just beat him last week. Mm-hmm. He was the coach there at Wisconsin before leaving to go mm-hmm. to the SEC. Right. Coming back to the Big Ten, I, I think Wisconsin would be a step up from the uh, – Illinois job, even though I know they just beat him, I still right. I still think it's a it's a better destination mm-hmm. in the Big Ten. Yeah, and then of course, who's always on the outside looking in, 
Old, old Urban Meyer. You, you never <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Well, well, that one would be definitely wouldn't. Yeah, that one would be shocking to me. But yeah. you know, anything is possible, I guess. But yeah, I I find that one yeah very interesting that you know Brett Bielema you know beats his former team or you know whatnot beats him pretty handily and you know yeah I, I have a just a funny feeling or whatever that he's yeah some somehow going to snake his way back into you know being the Wisconsin you know head coach. But we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. <clears throat> very good. All right, well, let's get into a quick recap, recap from last week. I should call it yeah, that, that a was recap. A, on. A recap. Yeah, I, went, I went two and three. I'm yeah, sitting well. at 15 and 10 uh, now for the season. Um, you know, I, the first one, that Kentucky Ole Miss game, that finished up, Kentucky scored 19 points, Ole Miss scored 22. But the just the mistakes that Kentucky oh, made in that fourth many. quarter. Oh my God! They get they got stopped on a, a fourth down play. They turn it over on downs, and then they have a fumble on the eighteen in the red zone. They fumble on the eighteen, and then they get the ball back. They drive it down again. They have a penalty that negates a TD. An illegal, it would have been the game winner, right? Illegal motion penalty <laughs> that negates a TD, game winning mm-hmm. TD, and then the next play. Uh, Levis fumbles again, mm-hmm. um, you know, and just and sealed the game. I mean, yeah, Ole Miss scooped yeah, it up. I think and it was sealed. only like fifty-eight seconds right. left or yeah. something. Yep. Yeah. And Kentucky, uh, Kentucky also missed two extra point attempts and a gimme field goal. Yeah, I mean, right. yeah. there's plenty of chances yeah, for them to a lot win of this game. On the board, mm-hmm. so, yeah, yeah, that was a disappointing game. But uh, so I missed that one. Um, then uh, you had the Bama Arkansas game, and I, yeah, we all picked this one. Alabama mm-hmm. took care of business, even playing on the road. You know, rolled up five hundred and fifty-five yards with, with a backup QB, yeah, with their and, backup, and yeah. it got tight. It got dicey there it for did, a while. It did. They got it. They, they got it down to five. Twenty-eight, twenty-three, going into the fourth quarter. Three TDs in the fourth quarter. All big rushing yeah, touchdowns. Plays, I mean, it was huge yeah. plays. Right. Um, um, like I said, they racked up five hundred and fifty-five yards of offense, but. Uh, What's what's the deal on Bryce going forward? Has anybody yeah, heard? I haven't heard. Uh, yeah, I haven't I haven't looked into shoulders it. are weird though, especially for a quarterback. Right. Yeah, yeah and I don't I don't know if it was throwing shoulder, non throwing shoulder. I I want to believe it was throwing shoulder because uh, some of the comments I was reading from Saban. I mean, if you watched any of that game, I mean, Bryce Young did suit back up. I mean, he had his helmet on and everything on the sideline. And you know, from what Saban was saying, they the potential was for him was you know, could have been for him to go back into the game, but they were worried because I think it was that throwing shoulder Mm -hmm. that he just wouldn't be able to throw it with the velocity or, you know, throw it the way that they wanted to at least, you know, be effective out there. So they decided, you know, to keep him on the sideline. So I don't know that it's something serious, but, you know, it it will be something to monitor for the rest of the, you know, the rest of the season, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what, you know, if he takes a big hit or, you know, whatever, does it impact it even more, or, you know, yeah. continue to injure it even more. And then, you know, then it's really become something more serious or whatnot. Right. But right. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be okay for the time being, but yeah, definitely will be something to monitor, you know, going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, uh, the third game, uh, I missed this one as well. Uh, Oklahoma state went into Baylor and, and, and got their revenge um, 36 to 25. You know, I think what, kind of sealed this game was that 99 yard kickoff return to start the second half mm-hmm. for Oklahoma state. Cause Baylor outgained him 457 yards to 379. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that kick, that kickoff return, you know, kind of set the tone for that second half and, mm-hmm. you know, give it to Oklahoma state, you know, they beat a ranked opponent on the road. Uh, first time they played a ranked opponent this year. 
and they had to play them on the road and, and they got the win. Yeah, took yep. care of business. They finally got their revenge, mm-hmm. though, though a little too late when the title's <laughs> yeah. not on the line. Right, right. But they beat them in the regular season last year, too. Right. And, yeah, you know, absolutely. All, yeah. Big 12 championship games. Right. And I think the difference for me was the play of, of Spencer Saunders um, coming into this game. He threw, he had thrown in, in the two games last year that he played against Baylor through seven picks. Um, mm-hmm. And in this game did have one, one pick, but outside of that was, you know, an efficient day for him, you know, took care of the ball and just, you know, allowed that offense to, you know, stay on the field and, you know, kind of wear down the, the Baylor defense. But yeah, I think the big, the big difference was, was the special teams for, for Oklahoma state. Mm-hmm. Fourth game, I, this was another loss for me. Wake Forest goes into Florida State and beats them 31-21. Um, and they did it by controlling this game. They, you know, held the ball for 35 minutes, um, went 7-11, seven, 7 for 11 on uh, on third down and 2-2 two two on fourth down to convert. So, you mm-hmm. know, just kind of ground it out against Florida State. And, uh, yeah, like I said, that was another another loss for me. Yeah, the, the big thing for Florida State here was they got down so big so early. Yeah. They're, they're kind of been built on running the ball a lot yeah. this year, and you just, when you're down that much, you can't can't do it. I mean, they, they did make a nice effort, though. I mean, they came back there in the second half. They were down 28-7 to at one point, only ended up losing 31-21, but yeah. it was just too little too late. Yeah. Yeah, I think it for me was yeah, Wake Forest controlling the ball. They had touchdown drives of 80 80 yards, 90 yards, 75 yards, and then uh, a 39, you know, touchdown drive, which was a short field because of uh, Florida State fumbling the ball. So, but long drives that ended up in, in touchdowns. I mean, that's that's huge for 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 an offense. But uh, you know, on the flip side, there, you know, also Florida State had 11 penalties, season high for almost 100 yards. So, yeah. shoot yourself in the foot, you know, with with those and you know whatnot. Um, you know, just super tough to, to get anything going or, you know, keep, keep drives going. If you're, you know, committing that many, that many penalties. And the last game of the day or last game on our slate was that North Carolina state Clemson game. And obviously uh, uh, it was the game, one of the other only other games I got right, but I guess, you know, quite frankly, it still shows that the, the ACC runs through Clemson, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, a 30 to 20 win in a game that really didn't even feel that close to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the difference in this one was just the efficiency of, uh, you know, Clemson QB DJ Uyunglele there, mm-hmm. you know, probably his best game or, you know, most complete game he's had, you know, this season, um, you know, went 21 for 30, had uh, 209 passing yards and one one passing touchdown to add to uh, 73 rushing yards and then two more rushing touchdowns. Yeah, and we so. talked about, all three of us talked about that last mm-hmm. week. How, you know, he's a legitimate dual threat quarterback. Right, I mean, yeah, and really really showed it in this one and, you know, mm-hmm. really had, you know, North Carolina State, you know, on their heels, not really knowing, you know, how to how to play it. So, yeah. uh, you know, I got this one wrong. I picked NC State it was simply because I thought their defense was playing really good ball. And really their defense didn't play awful in this game. Mm-hmm. Their offense couldn't get anything going. So Clemson had short field after short field after short field. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can only do it so long. They they were yeah. out there most of the game because their offense couldn't get anything going. Yeah, you know, hats off to that Clemson D for holding their offense right. and a big turnaround yeah. for them. You know, gave up forty five points in overtime. You know, last year or, or last week, double overtime mm-hmm. or whatever against Wake Forest. But defense turned it around. You know, righted the ship and you know held North Carolina State to only twenty points. Right, right. Okay, well that's the recap. Hopefully, uh, I can write the ship going forward here. <laughs> get back on the plus side this week. Um, first game I got on four and zero number eight Tennessee going into LSU ranked at twenty five at four and one. Vegas has given Tennessee uh, the nod here with uh, a plus three point favorite. 
Um, I, I think, to me, I don't know. I, I kind of like LSU in this game, fellas. Um, you know, they again, they got a they got another dual threat. Uh, J- Jaden Daniel, uh, six TDs, throwing three on the ground. Um, their they, their defense, Tennessee's defense, has not played great. They're giving up 407 yards a game mm-hmm. and uh, 310 yards passing. Um, I, I'm I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Bayou Bengals in the upset here. All right, yeah, it's gonna be gonna be interesting. I mean, the LSU has definitely righted the ship since their you know week one loss to Florida State. They they reeled off four straight straight victories. That defense for LSU is playing great. They're only giving up about 15 points a game, mm-hmm. um, but you know something's got to give here because Tennessee scoring almost 50 points a game, mm-hmm. which is good for you know second in the nation um, as far as scoring points goes. Something has to give here. I like Tennessee to to get it done, you know, on the on the on the road here. Um, I just think that they got too much of an offense. I don't think LSU has seen an offense like this yet. I think that they're just, uh, you know, a little bit, little bit, you know, too many playmakers on that side of the ball. I just don't know that LSU is going to be able to keep up. Yep, I'm with Colton on this one. I got Tennessee. They've like you said, they're averaging 48 and a half points a game compared to LSU's 35.6. Tennessee's also played a bit of a tougher schedule to this point. LSU in their wins hasn't really played a great team yet. So I don't really know what they have on that side of things. Hendon hooker seems to be the real deal here for at quarterback for Tennessee. I think he does enough to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Eight TDs against zero picks. And, he, you know, it is he is a senior, so you get that leadership quality. But will be will be a tough environment to go into Absolutely. down there in the bayou. So yeah. we'll see. All right, very good. Uh, next one, we got two uh, ranked teams going up again. Ranked teams going up against each other. Uh, number seventeen TCU against number nineteen Kansas. Uh, I like TCU's balanced attack. Um, two hundred ninety-eight yards passing, two hundred fifty-two yards rushing. They beat then at the time number eighteen Oklahoma fifty five twenty four. I like the team in purple, the Horn Frogs, going into Kansas and getting a win. Yeah, Matt, what do you think? Yep, I'm I'm actually with Rob on this one. You know, TCU is a six and a half point favorite, and you look at their offense; they're averaging five hundred forty nine and a half yards per game. Kansas only averaging four hundred and twenty. You know, Kansas hats off to them for being undefeated to this point, but they also haven't played a real difficult schedule. TCU just dismantled what's typically a conference power there in Oklahoma last Mm -hmm. week. I think TCU's for real right now. I think TCU wins this game. Yeah. um, You know, hats off to to Kansas. They're, you know, five and oh for the first time since 2009, but I think this is where, where it ends here. I I like TCU to get it done. Uh, Both quarterbacks for Kansas and, and TCU, you know, are, 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 you know, the game changers for, for their teams or, you know, kind of drive that offense for their teams. But, uh, you know, I like the the quarterback, Max Dugan from from uh, TCU. He's completing almost 75% of his passes mm. um, and and uh, almost 1,000 yards passing, 11 passing touchdowns, no interceptions so far this this season. Um, you know, I, I, in Kansas's defense, they don't get a lot of turnovers, so I think TCU controls the ball. I like the Horned Frogs to get it, get it done and, you know, continue their unbeaten streak. All right, very good. We agree on that one. All right, the other uh, two ranked teams going up against each other. Number eleven, Utah, uh, go at ranked at um, yeah, like I said, eleventh or three and a half point favorite over number eighteen UCLA. Um, Utah's four and one. UCLA's five and zero. Oh, and UCLA's defense only giving up eighty yards rushing a game. Um, and they beat number fifteen Washington. So they have played. They have played. A, you know, a quality team. 
Utah's D's only giving up 279 yards a game, but I like the Bruins at home. I got UCLA in this one. All right. Yeah, well, I say uh, not so fast here. You know, uh, you know. besides, I mean, UCLA's done, done a lot of good things so far, that, you know, start the season. I mean, outside of USC, UCLA's the only unbeaten team left in the, in the Pac-12, and they're off to one of their best starts since 2013, you know, 2013, and that offense is – Really putting up putting up some points, but uh, you know Utah's won five straight in this in this matchup, or you know the matchup between these two teams. And, and for me, it's the difference of of the defense. I don't think UCLA's run into a defense like Utah's got. Um, they're only giving up about fourteen points a game. Um, first in the Pac-12 and pass defense, total defense, and they're giving up less than thirty percent on third down. Mm-hmm. So when when it's third down you know if they can get UCLA in those third downs get their you know their defense off the field i think their offense can do just enough to 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 get a win here and and uh, you know end uh, end UCLA's unbeaten streak i'm going to i'm going to go with rob on this one i'm going UCLA you know both teams are averaging nearly 42 points a game uh, utah's giving up six less points a game but you know all the stats are really close on both these teams and i think in a close game like this it's going to come down to who can control the football a little more UCLA has a 55% third down efficiency percentage compared to Utah at 48%. I think that a couple extra drives, get, get a few more yards, turn the field around a little more. I, I think it's going to be a possession game. And I, I think UCLA with that, you know, doing a little more on third down is going to be able to get it done. All right. All right. So uh, before we get into the last game, our fourth game, I got we got uh, Florida State coming in at 4-1 against the 4-1 North Carolina State team um, playing in North Carolina. It's favored by three points. North Carolina's defense has played really well this year, uh, only giving up 15 points a game and 94 yards on the ground. Um, and, and that seems to be a lot of what, you know, Florida State likes to do is run the ball. So, um, you know, they got their sophomore, Trajan Wood, that's averaging almost six and a half yards a carry. Um, but I like, I like the Wolfpack in this one. I'm going North Carolina state. Yep. I, I agree. And, you know, a lot of the same points that you mentioned there, you know, Florida state's built on, you know, as a team that's built on getting the running game going, um, you know, last week in their loss, they had, you know, a little over a hundred yards. You know, I think that was a big reason why they, uh, you know, got, you know, got the L or, you know, took the L is because they got behind early, had to rely a little bit more on the, on the passing game. I think if North Carolina state can come out, you know, get get you know a comfortable lead i think they, they can grind it out um you know because north carolina state's only is giving up less than 100 yards on on the ground so i think you know it's, it's going to take take a lot for florida state to you know get get where they want to be or you know to be comfortable with that running game um you know i like north carolina state to, to take a win here yeah i'm gonna make it three for three here i'm going north carolina state you know like i set up earlier they, last week they really didn't play bad on the defensive side against clemson it was just their offense that couldn't get it done mm-hmm. i don't think the defense there in florida state is near as good as the clemson defense i think the offense can move the ball enough to to, to make it happen and north carolina state's defense will rise to the top and and get a win win. here yeah all right well now uh two uh unranked teams but it is a red river rivalry uh texas going into oklahoma um colton and i were just at texas's stadium this last weekend got to you know tour austin and uh, what a beautiful campus it is but they don't get the luxury of playing at home Mm. this week you know they beat west virginia pretty handily um over the weekend while we were out there but uh uh, they are a nine and a half point favorite going into Oklahoma. Both teams are sitting at three and two. Uh, Oklahoma's defense giving up 423 yards a game, and Texas got that big running back averaging 5.9 to carry, 5.9 yards per carry. Um, you know, and Oklahoma they 
their three wins, they their defense only gave up to average of 10 points a game. And that was the first three games of the season. Now they've had two losses and they've given up an average of 48 points a game. So, yeah. you know, I think if they're deep, I don't think their defense is going to hold up. I like the Longhorns going into Oklahoma and getting, getting the win. Yeah. It's going to be, going to be interesting. I think this is, this is almost a game it comes into. I think it makes it even more interesting. Not only is it a rivalry game, but these two teams have gone a combined one in three the past two weeks. So if there's two teams that desperately, you know, need to continue to win or, you know, get a win, it's these two teams right here. So that just makes it even more of an interesting thing. But, you know, big news for Texas or, you know, big, big, you know, good news for Texas. It, it sounds like, you know, Quinn Ewers, that, you know, star quarterback for Texas is going to make his comeback or make his return in this game. And, you know, we the last time we saw him, he was, you know, carving up that Alabama, you know, defense. So if he can, you know, he may have to shake the rust off a little bit, you know, early on in the game. But he's got, you know, like Dad said, big running back in B. John Robinson to rely on to, you know, slowly work himself into the game and not have to, you know, rely too much on on the passing game. And, and, and you know, like like Dad said, the last, you know, the, the two losses that Oklahoma has had gave up 220 rushing yards to Kansas State gave up another almost 400 rushing yards to TCU. So if Texas can get the run game established, I think that they have a good chance of winning this one. Also, Oklahoma's quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, still up in the air whether he's going to play as well. And I just think leaky run defense and, you know, question mark at quarterback for, for Oklahoma just doesn't spell good things in this game. I like Texas to get it done. You know, as much as everything points to Texas winning this game, I think it comes down to Oklahoma's uh, coach, Brett Venables. I, I think he can't afford to have three losses in a row. They're going to be talking about sending him out after they just signed him. Right. I, I think he's a great defensive coach, great defensive mind. He's got a, I'm sure he's been preparing more than just this week for Texas being a rivalry game. Yeah. I think he's going to have a great game plan set up for them. I think Oklahoma's defense gets it done in this Ooh, one, right. and they win. All righty. Very good. Well, that's our show for tonight. We'll let Colton do the honors of getting us out of here. Yeah, we appreciate you listening to Fired Up with your hosts, Colton Cal, Chief Rob Cal, Matt Cordes. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And, you know, if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or, you know, you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on the show, um, feel free to reach out to us on our different uh, social medias. We have an Instagram. Our handle is uh, firedup underscore podcast. Or you can find us over on Facebook at firedup comma sports podcast. Um, and as always, you can also head over to our website at uh, www.firedup1.podbean.com where you can find, uh, you know, all of our past episodes and you can find, you know, some links or, you know, a little bit of information about about the show. Um, and uh, as always, you can, you know, hear past episodes and hear this episode, you know, posted tomorrow um, on all our different, you know, podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. So anywhere where you can find, you know, listen to podcasts, you can find our show. So Appreciate you guys listening, and as always, stay, stay fired, fired up. up.